Okay, so this episode is a little different than usual. My guest, Angela, is new to the Enneagram. She had been told she was a type 7, and from what she had heard previously, she felt pretty identified with the 7 characteristics. It was a blast talking through the different aspects of the Enneagram with her and confirming that it is her Enneotype. The 7 is our true enthusiast. They are optimistic, playful, and high-spirited. If you know a type 7 or have ever met one, it's hard not to notice their versatility and spontaneity. Because of their need to be fully satisfied and to avoid negative feelings, they can have trouble with impatience and impulsiveness. At their best, they are practical, resilient, and inspirational. Listen as I break down some of the key aspects of the Enneagram for Angela as they pertain to the enthusiast. You will love hearing as Angela learns about what it means to be a type 7 and how she relates to both the strengths and struggles of this fun Enneatype. Hello, Angela. Thank you so much for being with us today on the Discover Freedom podcast. I'm really excited to have you. How are you? I'm doing so good. I mean, considering the circumstances, um, I think that I, I feel really blessed right now. Good, good. Yes, very interesting and difficult time. But I want to talk first about just who you are and where you're from, where you live. I know it's an interesting story. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, well, my husband and I uh, and our three children, we live in Guadalajara, and we are missionaries here. And um, we, yeah, I guess when you ask me where I'm from, like, I don't really know. <laughs> I was born in Oklahoma. I lived a bunch in Oregon. Um, I moved to Puebla once I got married for eight years. We lived in Puebla, Mexico okay. as missionaries. And then uh, we moved to Seattle from there, and we're there for almost eight years, seven or eight years. And then we moved to Guadalajara and we've been here for almost seven years. So you can just wow. cut up my life <laughs> and yeah. um, just then spread all out. It's great. Wow. We've never, well, my husband has, but I've never been to Guadalajara, but I have been to Puebla and it was one of my favorite places. I loved it. It's beautiful. Don't tell anyone I said this, but Guadalajara is way better. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. Sorry. I'm in love with the city. Oh, I never so want to move again. I mean, that eight-year mark's coming up, and I'm not oh. going anywhere. Like, this is home. <laughs> this is home. It's really excited to, to be here, and these are my people. Um, I just, I feel a part of the city and in this community, and it's really rare where I want to, where we put, we've put down our roots, really, right. and where I want to um, serve people. So. Wow. And so you have three kids, and tell us their ages. Yes. Um, my oldest is 19. He'll be 20 in June. And he's amazing, amazing, amazing kid. And then my, um, my daughter's 16 and she'll be 17 here in a couple months. And she's in high school and it's super fun. And my daughter, uh, my son, he's nine and he's in Pilon. I don't know yeah. <laughs> if this is a, an audience that also speaks Spanish, but, um, yeah, he's, he was the, the blessing that came later and he's nine. Wow, that's so cool. So for people that are listening, um, Angela and I have just met and we both have in common that um, we're both American, but we've, I've also lived in Mexico. And so we both have done ministry stuff in Spanish. And so it's really cool. I was excited to get to meet her and hear more about her story. And I also, my daughter, I said, is 16 too. So that's cool. We'll have to connect them later. Yes, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So tell me how you discovered the Enneagram. Um, the Enneagram, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm Enneagram ignorant. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, I, I remember the first conversation I had so, with some friends um, uh, that I had here in, Mex Javier, in Mexico, and they were like, what number are you? And I'm like, 
uh, <laughs> I don't know. And they started asking me all these questions and, and I was like, you know what? I just don't, I don't feel like you should put me in a box. Okay. Like I don't want people to tell me like how I need to be. And they're like, typical, typical of a seven. I think you're a seven. And everything I said now, all my friends are always like typical. Yeah. And I'm like, don't, don't put me in a box. But yeah, now I'm pretty positive that I am a seven. Okay. Um, and, uh, have had so many confirmations and it's been really interesting to me because I have begun to learn some, I, I can't say that I'm studied in it, but I have um, begun to learn more and more. So this is exciting for me. I can't wait to learn oh, more. Good. So as you were discovering more and more that you were a seven, was that from reading books, from listening to different things or how did, what were the, some of those confirmations? Um, I think just uh, people telling me I'm a seven. So I would just like Google, like, what kind of freak is a seven Enneagram? <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah. I'm kind of a freak. Yeah. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, I didn't even need to look anywhere else. And I think that was just me kind of starting to learn. And then I uh, just also listened to a couple of podcasts and things like that. Just learning because I mean, what I want more tools in my life. I'm a very, um, hungry learner. Uh, yeah. I have, I learn, I have a lot of, uh, diverse things that I've delved into in my life. And, and I think that it's an interesting tool and I want to learn more and more about it. Well, that's good. Well, having uh -huh. many diverse things in your life is also very seven. <laughs> <laughs> right? Typical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk more about it. Um, from what you've learned and what people have told you, how would you describe a seven? Um, okay. Oh, I'm going to say something wrong. I know it, but um, <laughs> like, no, this is great. It's great. Because there's Someone so many people that are listening that are in the same boat or are just hearing it for the first time. So I think it's great. Yeah, mostly at this point, it's been me reading or someone telling me and I've just been like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I've ever like expressed it from my like from myself. But I think right. um, I think it would be the fact that I like 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 what I said, like I like to delve into a lot of different things. I have many interests and I don't really want to. Uh, limit myself to one area or one thing. Um, I have a degree in theology. I have a degree in cinema, uh, filmmaking. Okay. I have a, I have a degree in art, interdisciplinary visual art and degree wow. in art history. And I have a, my MBA with a <laughs> concentration in nonprofit management. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm saving up for my doctorate, which is going to be on organizational leadership. So I have wow. like <laughs> this, this hunger to learn, but also like this interdisciplinary approach to life, right. um, that, that I really, I feel like is, is what I, what I've read about sevens have that, that idea of wanting to be diverse and also in the different, uh, organizations and businesses that I'm involved. Um, it's many, it's a lot of different things. Um, right. I think I'm have my hand in seven different, uh, jobs right now right. as far as that are paying me or that I'm raising up things like that. So just that, that whole part. And then also, um, maybe some of the parts about like the idea about uh, needing the need to escape pain sometimes um, mm -hmm. or the, the need to um, not have uh, FOMO <laughs> things like things like are the idea of the fear of missing out. Uh, I think those things uh, that I've heard and you probably could mention some more that I would probably be able to identify with, but uh, I think that's kind of, um, where I've mostly decided that, yes, I'm kind of like that. I don't know if I'm like, this is like really outgoing. I don't know if I'm that sometimes I don't always feel that way. Right. <laughs> but, um, but I think I'm very present. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm, yeah. 
I'm very, very present in the moment. So whatever I'm doing right now is, um, whatever I'm doing right now is like what, what I'm doing, you know, and nothing else is in my head. So yeah. I think that, um, might also have to do with seven. So. Okay. Very good. And, um, at, as you may have heard with the Enneagram, the most important aspect is the motivations because a lot of different types share behaviors and sometimes okay. people confuse types because okay. they say, oh, well, that person's a type, whatever, that's, I do that too, so I must be that type. But it really comes down to what motivates you to do okay. what you do. What's the motivation behind your actions, behind your thoughts? And so for a type seven, you've mentioned some of those already, and that is they want to be happy, they want to be satisfied, they want to try a diverse amount of activities and things, and they want to avoid and escape pain or negative emotions. And so that's kind of the motivation behind the things that they do. Um, now there are different aspects about the Enneagram. So um, it's kind of, it's, there's a simple aspect to it, but then there's also a very complex aspect to the Enneagram. And there's so many different ways that um, it can help us grow and, and find that healthy transformation in life. Um, one of those things is wings. So okay. I don't know how much you've gotten into wings, but Nothing. I'm going to talk a little bit. I mean, okay. I, I do like wings, like if they have barbecue, you know, and maybe a little <laughs> bit sweet sour. Like I can handle those. That's all I know. That's as far as I go. That's great. No, that's great. Those are good. Those are good wings. <laughs> um, so with the Enneagram, each type has access to two wings. And those are the two numbers that are beside your main type. So for a seven, it's a wing six and a wing eight. And okay. so some people really lean towards one wing or to, towards the other. Some people kind of use both equally. Um, some people can look back in life and say, wow, when I was going through this, I think I really used that wing, but now I use more this wing. So it's not something that's very set in stone. Okay. Um, I like to say that they're resources because for example, I'm a type one and I have a really strong wing too, okay. but I try to be intentional to tap into my wing nine because I know as a type one, I need to relax. And I need to just <laughs> let go sometimes. And so I try to intentionally use that wing. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I feel like I would stress you out. But yeah, totally. <laughs> I have a lot of sevens in my life too. So um, I, totally, I totally get it. No, and I, a one goes to a seven when they're healthy. So I think that I need more sevens in my life because it helps me also like be spontaneous and yeah. more fun and not stick to such rigid schedules all the time. So so no, I need that. It's, it's great. Um, so for a seven, if a seven has a six wing, or we would say seven wing six, they tend to be um, like more loyal, endearing. They could be a little anxious, relationship oriented, very playful, um, re responsible. A six is very responsible. Then if they use their eight wing, they're a little bit more intense, passionate, um, adventurous, strong. They're seeking intensity. They're leaders, quick-minded, uh, realistic. So do either of those sound? Yeah, I'm much more the, la uh, the, the second one you just said. What was it, eight, did eight. you say? Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely way more on that side of things, for okay. sure. Okay, any of the things that you heard in the wing six, do you think you've like, ever used some of those or felt, like, moments felt more like that? Do you mean, um, can you say them again, maybe? Yeah, um, so a seven with a wing six would be um, maybe a little bit more anxious or show a little bit more anxiety. They're more playful, fun-loving, um, more responsible, those type of things. More outgoing. Yeah, no. 
No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to a certain aspect, I am responsible, right? Or because right. I'm a human being and I have responsibilities um, and things like that. But I would say that's more what I have to um, work towards. Like okay. my goals is um, I'm very uh, maybe less organized than I should be sometimes, but yet I have great, I have these administrative skills that are really strong. Okay. Um, but they're more of like, okay, I'm going to lead this and we're going to do this, but I need someone who's organized by my side to help me with it. You yeah. know, so I'm very much, um, lean towards the eight and the six. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like it. Okay. So another aspect I've known, I don't know if you've heard of this, but um, is integration and disintegration. It's okay. Integration is where we go when we're healthy, where we're in a good moment and a good time. Um, and disintegration is where we go when we're under stress, usually. So the lines that you see on the Enneagram diagram, they lead us to those places. Um, okay. And so usually our direction of disintegration is a little bit more automatic. We kind of just fall there um, without really noticing or paying attention. And then when we want to go to the healthy side and integrate, it takes a little bit more intentionality. So okay. for a type seven, they integrate to a five. And you actually mentioned some of this already. So when they're healthy, a seven that's usually very spontaneous, very um, like jumping from one thing to another, very active, they become a little bit more grounded. And they take time and see the importance in study and in learning and that type of thing. Um, and then on the flip side, when the seven is under stress, they go to the unhealthy side of a one and they become a little bit more critical, uh, perfection, perfectionistic. Is that what we say in English? Perfectionist. <laughs> uh -huh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they can even maybe blame others for not allowing them to have fun. Um, do you see, <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about the healthy side first. So you did say that, that you like to, um, I think you were saying you like to study lots of different things. And do you see those characteristics come out when you feel like you're in a healthy place? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I, I do lean into being steady. I think it helps that I have, you know, Justin, my husband, who is a very steady person and, um, he is, he really gets me and we've been together for 21 years, almost yeah. 22 years. So for us, it's this, um, this give and take, you know, where, where I feel like, I don't even know what Enneagram is. I should figure it out. <laughs> but, um, he, you know, it helps me get to that healthy place. I think that place where I feel satisfied or I feel, um, steady or where I have to hand off something because all of a sudden I have too much in my, in on my plate. Right. Um, he'll help me, um, he'll help me finish projects. <laughs> I don't know how many he's helped me finish but I'm like oh, I got myself into this and now I can't right. I just can't and he'll be like it's okay I'll help you <laughs> you know <Right>. or <laughs> things like that right. um but he's very uh, much a steadier for me um and I think in our relationship we work together so much that that is kind of a part of who I am as well and he helps yeah. me get to that place but yeah um, I'm trying to remember all the things that you said all the different um do you ever, do you find that when you're, when you know that you're in a healthy place, do you take um, discipline a little bit more seriously? Do you, do you, are you, is it a little bit easier for you to be disciplined, um, be steady with things, be less hyperactive and kind of more feet on the ground? I don't know. See, to me, I really, really appreciate that part of me hmm. that is very 
very wild and I am not wild in a, in a way where I'm just, you know, hurting people. No, but I feel like, like love, how do I say this? Like, I feel like I really, really love that part of me. And if I can channel it and use it to help other people and to love other people better, then it's really fun. Like we have the best vacations, right? Where we just like, where we go camping. I talk about Baja, man. We've camped all up and down those beaches in Baja and we don't know where we're going to end up the next night. Like we just go find a beach, you know, and we just go overlanding and, and I'm okay with that uncertainty. And it's ended up giving us the best vacations we've had in our entire life. Right. And it's just that leaning into that, like, I'm okay with risk. I'm okay with uncertainty. Um, obviously, um, I think part of me does all kind of does crave that. Like I've read about sevens, like that we crave that, that are one of our core things is that we want to be, know that we're going to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. But I think I find that in Christ, I think I find that in God. And I think that I just, I'm okay with a lot more risk than, um, than a lot of other people. So I feel like just knowing that my roots are deep in his love, like just knowing that that's where my stability is, has helped me really lean into that wild, chaotic life, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And and our kids, everyone just sort of flows and we know, and it's not, it's not like I'm selfish about it. You know, we have to do what I want to do. No, I mean, it's like this give and take, but I, I honestly, I wouldn't say that my healthy place is a steadiness. If I stop coming up with a million ideas and a million projects and a million things, something's wrong with me, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but I don't know how that fits in with the- uh, No, yeah, you made a really good point too, which is that um, I love how when you pair, pair the Enneagram with the relationship with God, with the Lord, that it is such a more, um, a much more powerful tool. Because mm-hmm. as a seven, you don't only have to depend on the, the growth pattern of a type seven, but you can also depend on having those roots in Christ. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, and the other thing is, so with, a, with each eneotype, the seven, we'll talk specifically about the seven. So the seven has great aspects and then also has their weaknesses, just like every, every type. And so those things about being spontaneous and being um, fun and looking for adventure and not worrying so much about risk are not negative things at all. So those are some of the positive qualities of a seven. But sometimes Uh a seven under stress can, they kind of lose the perspective of, okay, how do I not get, let these things get out of control? And so it gets, it can come to an unhealthy place. And so maybe okay. you haven't been there in a, in a long time. So when, it, when we talk about how this, the seven can go to a five, the seven connects with the five in that they're very different. They're very different uh-huh. personalities. The five is one of the types with the least amount of energy on the Enneagram. The seven has one of the most amounts of energy. But what happens is when they're in a very healthy place, it's kind of like transcending. It's like they don't lose their good qualities, but uh-huh. they're able to manage them in a healthy way. And oh, so they're able to still be fun and spontaneous, but not let it get out of control or not let it hurt other people or know when they need to push the pause button or when they need to just sit and be still and that type of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And even I think going into that, like also like when you talk about discipline, I mean, there are disciplines that I can't just wildly go out and spend our money or on whatever idea I have or, you know, things like that. So maybe that is also kind of a five thing to do. (laughs) I don't know. But like also the idea of 
making choices. So having that adventure spirit, but making the right choices. I mean, right now we're in quarantine. I'm not going to make the choice to go to Europe, you know, let's right. go have fun in Europe. No, I mean, it's like, <laughs> there are certain disciplines there that may come with maturity um, yes, or with sure. situations and circumstances. And yeah, I um, know yeah, I see that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So on the flip side, do you, can you think of moments when you might have been under stress or in a difficult situation in life where you may have gone and taken on some of the negative characteristics of a type one? So again, each type also, they already have their negative qualities, but when we're in really under stress, we also have that. It's like the, the Enneagram is full of fluid motion. It's always taking us somewhere or, or to another place. Um, and so when a seven goes to a one under stress is when, like I said, they begin to be a little bit more perfectionist, per, perfection, mm -hmm. perfectionistic. I don't know if I'm making up a word, but um, <laughs> when they're normally like, they don't really care about things turning out perfect. They become a little bit more critical. Um, they might be nitpicky with people and, and get upset if people are trying to prevent them from, from just having fun all the time. Do you ever see yourself coming into that place when you're under stress or when you've been in a hard situation? Is that, do you see that shift or have you seen yeah. that shift? Definitely. I think I do have like a, a part of me that I have to struggle with as far as like not criticizing other people or not criticizing myself, mm -hmm. you know, definitely, um, the choices that other people make and I'll be like, Oh, that was so unempathetic. Or I'll just be like, how can that person, you know, and I'm throwing the same lack of empathy on them that I'm criticizing. Um, right. or I'm just thinking like, how could they say something like that in this time? Or how could, you know, I don't know, just, how could they act in that way? You know, oh, they're saying one thing with their mouth and doing something else with their life. And I just can't get in these funks where I'm like, like, um, where I think that it comes, you know, in, in a certain sense from pride and from thinking that, and from a lack of empathy, thinking that I know better than they do in their situation. And I think that I have to, I have to fight against that sometimes. I think we all do, but maybe for me, it's a constant battle of stopping and trying to see life through someone else's eyes. And I've really made like a really big, uh, I've taken a lot of intention in my life to teach myself love. I have a hunger to know what love is and what empathy is. And that is just like what, um, I feel like that feeds into that. That's help has helped me a lot grow. Mm -hmm. I'm still growing obviously so much to grow. I also feel that, uh, oh yeah, we're like, you've been talking about that. Like I'm, I'm actually am starting a podcast, but I've had a hard time starting it because I feel so self-critical. Um, and that it's stressful for me. I feel vulnerable. And so I've been, I've been like, I put it off and I'm like, no, well, no one, like, I don't want to be put in that position. And then my Spanish, cause I would do it in Spanish. I do it in Spanish. I, I actually recorded one already, but it's the same thing of like, why would I put myself out there? Um, or I would say like, I'm not worth this or I got doing it right. Or like, you know, I believed things 10 years ago that now, if I heard myself say that I would be like, oh my gosh, she's dork. You know, like, why would she say that? She's, she hurt people with that, you right. know? And I would be like, this idea that I am constantly changing and constantly learning gives, makes me fearful of putting things out there that, that would hurt people because maybe I don't know it all right now. Right. Um, and, and so I think, I don't know, maybe that would be like that self-criticism that I would come where I have to, has to be perfect. And I think right. I'm having to learn how to break through that and just be really honest and authentic and just say, okay, like, I'm going to say something right now. Like I literally said this on my first podcast that I recorded. I'm like, like, 
you guys are going to come and you're going to be like, Angela, you were so wrong. And I'm going to be like, oh my God, I'm so wrong. And then I'm going to learn. And then I'm going to be like, okay, so I was wrong. And then 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, Angela, you were really wrong. And I'm going to be like, I know, I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was talking about, but I just have to be honest with that journey. Right. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's really good. Well, you'll have to send me later the link to your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be that interesting. <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll be lots of fun. I'm sure. Um, so what's your favorite thing uh, about being a seven? Um, probably that like spontaneity, you know, like being okay with just being like today that isn't decided, you know, like, I mean, I guess we all live in an uncertainty, right? Yeah. But I think just be allowing myself to be like free. Um, and obviously my husband has helped me a lot, <laughs> but he's, he puts up with a lot. <laughs> One time my, my dad was like, Justin, I just want to, we were talking about something. He's like, you know, and just all the idiosyncrasies that you put up with the Angela. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm standing right here, dad. Like, <laughs> but yeah, like, it's that idea. I love, I love being able to explore. And I love the fact that even though I've studied so many years and paid so many years of school that I could be a doctor, you know, or whatever, like I have this like cross disciplinary approach to life. And I think it gives me a really interesting view on people and on projects and um, yeah. Right. That's great. So since we're in this interesting situation with the pandemic and all that, how, um, I didn't plan on asking you this, but as a seven, how are you dealing with it? Because I know I've talked to a few sevens and it's hard not, I know that you're able to get out a little bit of the house um, for work and stuff, but are you feeling like anxious for being cooped up or has it been hard for you to? Um, no, I feel, I mean, obviously it's, I think it's hard for everyone. Yeah. And I think right now I feel like the weight of it does that make sense? Like I feel the weight of what people are going through. And I, I'm a person that feels a lot. And I don't know if that comes from the spiritual thing or if it comes from my Enneagram type, but um, I feel a lot. So right now I feel this like weight on my chest and I feel this, um, I just feel for what people are going through, you know, and I can't, it's hard because I feel like first I think about people that are sick, that are fighting for their lives. I think about people that are high risk, you know, um, like my, my very, my parents are far away and, yeah. you know, I know that I won't be able to get to them if something happens and they're in a high risk zone. My sister lost her job yesterday. Um, just this weight of what people are going through. Yeah. And, um, I just, I feel like, okay, God, like, how do we carry this weight? And, um, you know, and I, I think about if I want to carry a piano, you know, I, I'm not going to do it myself. You know, I'm not going to be able to do it myself. So Justin, come help me. Me and Justin, he, he's strong, right? He's buff, but not that buff. And I'm not that buff. You know, we're going to need other people in our lives. Um, and also we're going to have to like innovate and we're going to have to do our life in a different way. We might have to bring in some wheels and a, and a pulley system or something. But then all of this, I think it's this idea of like, trying to figure out what that means. What does this new reality look like? What is it? Um, and, and that to me is so invigorating that I feel that weight. I feel that need, but then I feel invigorated by this idea of, okay, we need new ideas. Like, yay. Like I am the idea machine. Like, come on, like, let's do this, right? Like, let's figure this out. What are the real needs of people? I don't just want to push something on people. Let's figure out what people need 
and let's, um, let's love and let's, let's give part of ourselves because the Bible says, you know, it, uh, perfect, I'm saying in Spanish, <laughs> a perfect love casts out all fear. Right. Yeah. And so if I can love others, then that's going to cast, that's going to send away my fear too. So I think that has been, it's been really big help because, um, so we have a coffee shop, um, as well as church. So, um, and several other things. Thanks to Angela. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the coffee shop, you know, the minute we, you know, it started getting intense, we shut everything down for the safety of everyone. And we just turned everything into a, um, a community kitchen. So every, you know, hundreds of meals are going out every day to feed, um, people with, with, as, as we're sending it to a lot of the same people every day. So we can check on them, these elderly, um, people that, you know, we can get the food to them safely and we can say, how are you today? How do you feel? How's your spirit? Here's a Bible, you know, like just trying to create a relationship and, um, and just respond, respond in love. And I think we all can do that. Even from our living room, there's something, you know, maybe you don't have a nonprofit that has training and, or has the mission of, of disaster or crisis relief, but maybe there's something you can do. And I think that as sevens, we need to come together and be ID machines. I don't know if there's another Enneagram that loves that kind of thing. Yeah, actually a, a type three is also like that. Really? Yes, just full of ideas and always thinking of something that needs to be done or bettered and yeah, but that's very true of sevens too. And actually everything you just said, I think confirms an, an eight wing for you. Really? Because, yes, because eights are always thinking about justice. They're always fighting for the underdog. Wow. And so that, I think that um, it definitely, that combination of your sevenness with the, the being spontaneous and fun loving and adventure, but you're definitely right now at least showing that eight wing because fighting for those that need to be and I think actually I just did a live Instagram today my first time I don't even know what it's called a uh, Instagram That's live awesome. and, um, and I did it with a type eight and I'm gonna do it with each type and I talked the main topic was how are you handling this situation and that was one of the main points that we talked about she was saying um, that she just is sitting at home thinking how can I help all these people like what about the people that are at high risk and what about the people that can't do anything for themselves and so I think that that just as a confirmation for you I think that that probably is definitely your wing definitely yeah I know that's I mean we have a nonprofit. we for I mean this isn't just something that started now but for a long time you know we're, we've been really serving people in the villages here close to Guadalajara and Jalisco um in the in the mountains you know and and um doing a lot of water projects and and things like that you know definitely like that is very much in my heart. Like if I cry about anything, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's about the fact that, you know, there's people that don't have the same privilege that we have and we have to go, we can't, there's so many people here in Mexico that in Guadalajara that don't have any reserves. They have nothing in their pantry and they live day, day by day and they have no money to go out and buy toilet paper. <laughs> you know, they have nothing. And so I think it's part of my, maybe it's just part of my nature as an eight, as a wing eight to I just feel impulse, this, this impulse to give some of that privilege away. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's really great. So all of that came from me asking you what's your favorite thing about being a seven. <laughs> so um, on the My favorite thing that, about being a seven is being an eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, we got that out of it. No, that was good. No, that was really good, though. On the flip side of that, what do you think would be your biggest struggle if you had to think of anything that you see as a, as something that's difficult for you or that you struggle with from what you know, being a seven. 
Yeah, I think um, definitely I struggle with uh, criticism, like criticizing others. Um, if I feel like they're coming across inauthentic or if they're, if they're like, love you guys, you know, love you, <laughs> you know, and I know that, that, but they're not showing me love in other ways. Right. That to me is just like, like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. Um, but like criticizing, um, I think other people's motivations, um, my husband, he always believes the best about everyone. And he's taught me a lot to kind of, when I have that first thought of like, oh yeah, like that, they did this because, you know, and like, I'd be like, oh my gosh, no, people aren't like that. Like, that's just like, I just get back and be like, okay, no, no that's not showing love. And it's so many times it happens here in my mind and yeah. it never, it never comes out of my mouth. And I think that's, I've had to learn over the years, like, okay, let's just like, bring this in. I think that, I think definitely the fact that I'm, um, unorganized. So I think as a Christian, um, woman and as a pastor's wife, <laughs> although I wouldn't call him that he's, we're, we're both pastoring equally pastoring. Talk about speaking up for the, for the injustice. <laughs> we're just kidding. No, but, uh, we, you know, I think as a, uh, I was, I was sort of raised, I actually took a course in Bible college that taught me how to be a good Christian woman and it was very, very, I mean, it was like, it was Bible, it was like full 16 weeks of like things about how, what a Christian woman needed to be. And so much of it had to do with cleaning and having this organized and doing this. And I literally, I would go back to my dorm room and I would be crying. I would cry and be like, God, I'm a sinner. And I would like start to clean my room, but then I would get bored with it. I would be like, that would feel guilty because I didn't clean my room. And and I had me years and years to get freedom from that and just wow. be like, but like, this is who I am. Like, yeah. we're going to work together on this, but right. like, it, it is a struggle sometimes just to, cause I feel, I feel like I thrive. I mean, like right now, like this looks nice and neat, but if you see the other side of my, of my, <laughs> my desk with all my art pencils and my, you know, everything, right. I think that, how do I say, I was going to say, like, I think it's something I struggled with, but it's something that I crave I crave to be in the middle of a little bit of chaos and that's where my creativity is at its best so I have my spaces you know that are right like, that can be whatever they want and the rest of the right. house like we work on <laughs> no that's great and I think it's important for each person to realize and understand how they can best organize their world yeah. um, we did this fun thing with one of the series on Instagram it was just like an art series of like what you needed for this new year as each type. And some of it was stuff that was kind of typical to each type, but other stuff with, were things that we might not uh, do normally, but that we really need to do. I know that or for each type, what we did was we picked a different kind of journal. And because I think it's important that people journal and, and organize their life in a way, but for the seven, we just picked a bullet journal because it doesn't have to be a like a planner like a daily it doesn't have to be just put in there the things that you want to get done <laughs> and what happened I, uh, I have 15 journals on that shelf that i've bought them with, with great intentions that you is know so and funny. the first three pages are used and the rest are <laughs> and i think i'm gonna start again i'm gonna start again i'm gonna get a fresh journal that i think is really cool look how cool this journal is like in the first three days i write something <laughs> that's hilarious that's so funny so i have a thought-provoking question for you okay um what would you need or what do you need from the people closest to you whether it's your husband family friends the ones that know you the most what do you need from them to be your healthiest version? Um, I think acceptance is a big thing. Um, acceptance that one, I'm not going to be 
the mom that um, is down the street necessarily. Um, I'm not going to be the mom that a stay at home mom ever. Um, I am a nurturing person. I do feel that way right. sometimes. <laughs> I am like, I'm 11. Like we snuggle, like, like I'm a nurturing person, but I also am a very active person. Um, I have a lot of things going. Um, and it's not that I don't take time for my family. We do so many things together. It's just a different, it looks different. And so I think even as a kid, like, or as a young mom, like I looked at other moms and I was like, why am I just not like that? Like, that's what my child needs. So I feel like, um, my kids, my husband, like accepting that this is who I am. And, and even though I'm, I obviously need to improve on things every day and think about them obviously first before I throw any, you know, thing that is important to me. Um, I feel that knowing that they're going to accept me and they're not going to be like, Oh, I wish I had that mom, you know, or I wish I had that wife. Um, I think that has been so big for me. They've been so amazing and they'll, they'll come to me now and they'll be like, I'm glad she, I'm glad you're not her. Like that soccer mom. And I'm like, no, she's amazing. Like really you want her, (laughs) but I, I do appreciate this fact that they've, they've accepted me and they actually like admire things in me that aren't stable. So one of my closest friends is a seven and, and we've been friends for a long time. And we were both actually pregnant with our 16 year old daughters together. And one of the things that I've learned from her, because we're very different because I'm a very orderly, systematic mom. And so I have, some of my struggles are completely opposite from you. I have to be intentional to be playful. I have to be intentional to be spontaneous. And so I've learned over the years how to do that and how to relax. But I remember because she's, um, so she has older, three older kids. Her 16 year old is her youngest. My 16 year old is my oldest. And I got to watch her raise her, her older kids a little bit ahead of me. And she has two older daughters. And so I just remember watching the dynamic as they got older and learning from her how to relax more and how to just be that fun mom still be the one that sometimes brought order and that my kids knew, you know, they knew this, this is how my mom is. And that's to love me that way. But at the same time, I learned so much from her. And I think it helped me as I learned how to mother my daughter to not just, I feel like if I would have just rested in what was my norm and some of Uh that, you know, some of our autopilot is not always healthy. And if I would have just rested on that or in my insecurities, I think my relationship with my daughter would be completely different than it is today. But being able to lean on Christ in that, and then also having an example of a flip, complete opposite, but just being able to see that and know, wow, you know, I need to mix some of that dynamic into who I am as a mom. And so I think it's great. I mean, I totally understand that, um, that need for you to feel that acceptance that way, but I just want to applaud you in that because we need more seven moms that love their kids correctly, but at the same time, just constantly bring that fun and that spontaneity to life. I think that um, kids with a seven mom or a seven dad, they have a fun childhood. And so I think it's great. Yeah. I have a question for you. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask you a question, (laughs) but but, uh, like, for example, I think for me, like, yes, I feel like I'm very, very like outgoing when I'm in, when I'm present, like if I I can be present in that place to like going to that baby shower, sometimes I don't go because I feel sorry, friends, (laughs) Um, because I just, once I, I don't, don't, 
really, oh gosh, can I say this publicly? You might have to edit this out later. <laughs> I don't like to go to things that are like baby showers and like these coffees where like we're all just going to sit around and really not accomplish anything. And like, um, I mean, I, I guess I, I like it once I'm there and I'm sitting right. back and I'm enjoying it, but like the thought of it, of like scheduling it, um, and having it there and like kind of freaks me out a little bit. And I <laughs> rather just be like, oh, I'm going to stay home, you know, or, or, and, right. and I, I don't like, I do go and I do enjoy it and things like that. But I'm probably one of those people that'd be more likely to, to say no to lots and lots of going out, you right. know, which, that doesn't sound like a seven to me. Maybe. Well, the funny thing is there are some types that the majority of the type sevens are extroverts, but your type doesn't determine what you're, whether you're extroverted or introverted. So there can be sevens that are introverted and there can be fives that are extroverts. So it's not the norm, but it can happen. It, I think introversion and extroversion are more, um, you probably heard this before, but it kind of comes more from how you recharge. And so um, if you're an extrovert, typically you, it charges you up to be with other people. And that's like, you need that. Like I'm an introvert. I can, when I'm with other people, I can turn it on and I can be fun and I can, you know, enjoy it the moment, but I prefer to be home and I definitely need my alone time to recharge, refocus. So I don't know if that kind of feels true to you. Yeah, it might be. Do you feel yeah, that it might be and need your alone time or your home? Definitely. I think, I think sometimes maybe it has to do with some of that escapism thing, that, that idea of like, I think I, that is one something I struggle with definitely is like um, maybe, maybe leaning into that sort of introvert and how I recharge would be that, okay, well, if I go to the baby shower on Thursday night, then I'm going to work all day and then I'm going to go home and then I'll have my time to recharge. And then I'm going to be like really tired the next day, you know, because when we party here in Mexico, I mean, baby showers go till two in the morning. I mean, oh, yes. I'm just being honest here. Yeah. It even starts on 9 PM. So, yes. you know, just like knowing, um, but I think also, yeah, just that idea of like, um, yeah, I, I need my time to like do something else, like to get away and not think about work or not think about, you know, I think, I think also, I don't know how much time we have, no, you're fine. um, but I, I, I deal with um, chronic pain. So I was, uh, I was, when I was 27, I had this thing happen, this big crisis, this story for another time, but I was in a wheelchair for 11 months and then in a walker oh. for another 11 months. And then with a cane for two and a half years and um, severe pain, seven surgeries in a year, over a hundred doctors that year. That's when we ended up moving to Seattle. Um, it was just blew up. So I was in severe, severe pain. I think wow. for me that, that just dried up my personality. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't even think hardly because I was just in so much pain. And um, obviously like medications and things like that were very difficult. So I was always trying to, within the confines of the bed or within the confines of where, always trying to like play Candy Crush or, <laughs> you know, like to watch TV or do something that like, I, that would make me forget my pain. Right. And, um, I, I think, I don't know if that's a normal thing, like across the board, but definitely was something that I had to struggle, that I struggled with through that time. And still at times will want to just escape into something. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I was able to, at that time to like turn it around where I knew I needed that. And so I, that's when I started studying online. Okay. Um, a lot of, uh, I started studying a few classes online and later I ended up going to campus, but 
but that was like, I started studying and I just started escaping to those studies. And, um, I don't know. I I think it ended up being something really positive for me, Yeah. but it could have been something where I just completely dried up, you know? Yeah. And I, I think too, a lot of it is just life experiences and that's a big one. Um, and I don't say this because we're old because we're not, but age also like I, I, so my husband's a three, which is another one of the sevens, threes and eights are the aggressive or assertive types. So they're very full of energy, um, always on the go, whether it's the mind or physical, whatever it is. And so we've talked about how, like when I first met him and throughout the years, he's definitely an extrovert, always wanted to be out, always wanted to have someone over, just always wanted to be like the life of the party. And, and then we've talked about, cause he said, what's, what's wrong with me? Like now I just want to have a night at home, you know? Or, so I think a lot of it too, is you just, you learn what's most important in life. You have a busy life, which I, it sounds like you guys do too. So there's a busy life of work, of ministry, of always being with people. And so part of you just wants to be at home with those that are closest to you. And I think that that is something that's just normal too. Yeah. Uh, as time goes on, that's what it sounds like to me. And I've seen that happen with my husband, you know, he's like, am I, is something wrong with me? I'm like, no, nothing's wrong with you. I think you just, you just change and that, and, and like what you, where you want to be spending your, your time. And so, mm-hmm. and you have a very active life. So it probably has a lot to do with that. Just wanting to save some of that energy and spend it with the people you love the most because you know that tomorrow you're going to be back out there again back out <laughs> it back at it just you know serving and doing and yeah. always going full speed ahead so um i think it's a mixture of that and probably also what you went through too yeah yeah i don't know if that if that helps but definitely yeah. So, um, so that's all the questions that I have for you. I hope that that was also helpful for you. Yeah. I feel like I just went through therapy. Like I should pay you or something. Like, can we do this again next Thursday? Cause it's like giving me life. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. No, no, no. But you'll have to definitely keep me like up to date as you continue to learn and, um, tell me what you think. I, I think you mentioned also when we were messaging back and forth that your husband was asking about it too. Is he, what he, what type he is? Yeah. So we were like trying to figure it out. He told me and I, I don't remember. He's not here right now, but like he, uh, all of a sudden he was like, do, he was like going through the materials as like a little test that don't really work. Right. But right. Like, it's just some direction. And so he was doing, he was like, so is there an Enneagram type that, uh, checks the grammar or, or criticizes the grammar of the Enneagram test? And I was yeah. like, if, that, if there's one, that's you. He's, <laughs> he's a editor. He's a ghost writer. He's a writer. Um, so okay. he's very creative, extremely creative, right. but, um, but very, uh, very meticulous and, um, very, uh, how do you say it? Like, yeah, he's all heart mm-hmm. and, um, just an amazing, amazing person. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to tell me later when he discovers what his type is. Cause yeah, it's funny because as I was saying before, because all of the, because of all the fluidity of the, of the Enneagram, you know, I mean, there are types that are like that because of their type like a one or a six could be like that, but he could be, you say he's all hard. He could be a two and have a really strong one wing. And that's where that uh, like attention to detail comes, or he could be a four because a four goes to a one 
in their healthy place. So it's so, I, I just love all the intricacy of the Enneagram and it, I love helping people find their types, but it usually is a matter of just learning and listening and reading. And then there's all of a sudden this moment like, oh my gosh, that's me. You know, it's so much better when it happens that way than someone just saying, oh, this is, this is what number you are. But yeah, so that's, awesome. that's, your husband sound like a power couple and one and a three. <laughs> organized and out there we need to we need to learn how to relax a little bit more <laughs> but yeah we're kind of being forced to find those moments to relax now oh okay but yeah but thank you again for doing this thank you so much To get to know today's guest even more, you will find links to their personal accounts in the episode notes. Thank you for listening to the Discover Freedom podcast. Continue to learn more about the Enneagram by following along on Instagram at Enneagram underscore Discover Freedom. You can also find me online at www.mistyescobar.net to learn more about the coaching services that I offer. This is Misty Escobar, and I hope you'll connect with me again next week as we hear from another Enneatype.